When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from George, and he wants me to create yet another addition to my God Among MGTOW series. And this one is about Leonardo da Vinci. So what is it that makes Leonardo a man going his own way? Well, I believe it's because he spent much of his time painting for the church. But at the same time, he was also interested in the science behind human anatomy, as well as early aviation, including the development of the early form of helicopter, or airscrew, as well as the tank and the glider. On one hand, he was taking commissions from the Roman Catholic Church, as well as the King of France, I believe, and it was using that money, and it was using the money he received to work on the very technology and science that would one day lead to the very undoing of the monarchy, an extreme power found by the church. By many accounts, he did take on many male lovers throughout his lifetime. And even if he had sex with them and was found out, he was so useful to the church by making it look great through visual propaganda that they probably ended up leaving him alone. That kind of reminds me of what happened to Fritz Lang in 1933, the director of the film Metropolis. Fritz Lang was one of the most popular film directors in Germany in the 1920s as well as the 1930s, and was called in to meet the Nazi propaganda minister Goebbels after he attacked Hitler in his 1933 film the testament of Dr. Mabuse. Fritz Lang must have been sweating buckets when he was called in to see Goebbels. He probably thought to himself that he was going to prison for a very long time, or maybe would have found himself in a worse situation. Instead, Goebbels offered the position of the head of the National Socialist Film Studios to Fritz Lang. And because of that, Fritz Lang decided that he had heard enough and left Germany that same day. Turning down Hitler was not something that most people wanted to do. Otherwise, the brown shirts would be coming after you. In more recent times, you have an artist like Michael Jackson. And no one knows for sure if he was really molesting children. But I can guarantee you that if anyone else less popular or less wealthy than him were to behave like that, I guarantee that the police would be scrutinizing everything that that person was doing. Oftentimes, a society will recognize men of great artistic value and merit. Because no matter what taboos they may do in their own personal lives, society still respects them enough to look past those issues. Their merits outweigh their shortcomings. And that's why I believe the Catholic Church and the monarchs allowed Leonardo to continue pursuing science and possibly sleeping with young male apprentices at the same time. I have no proof about this, but there's plenty of speculation about Leonardo da Vinci taking part in sodomy. But those charges were eventually dropped. But what we do know for a fact is that Leonardo dedicated his life to his work. He never married, and also never had any children. Back when he was accused of sodomy, it was also punishable by death in many cases. Yet no witnesses came forward, so da Vinci's trial was thrown out. But I don't want to make this entire video about Leonardo da Vinci possibly being gay. Instead, we have to recognize his accomplishments, and that his study of anatomy allowed him to have a better grasp of the musculature of his subjects that he was painting. And when we talk about the idea of the Renaissance man, we often picture him. A Renaissance man is often knowledgeable in many different fields of study, which is exactly what Leonardo was all about. He was truly left-brained and right-brained at the same time, 
and learn to combine analytical thinking as well as creative thinking, something that most people have a very hard time figuring out, let alone implementing. If a man truly goes his own way, then he becomes an inspiration as well as an influence to other leading men in their field of study at that time. For me, that's the pinnacle of a man going his own way. A man ghosting or pulling back completely from society in some ways is basically complete waste of a human being in many cases. If a man has the ability to conquer his own sexual desires as well as his biological imperative, then why not try to use his intellectual power, drive, and determinism to try to develop new ideas or new ways of thinking instead of hiding away from society? Or at the very least, become more of a free thinker? You see, in my experience, when I was in my mid-twenties, I had the luxury of observing much of the world, but never really wanted to pass down my own wisdom or develop or share my knowledge base that I was getting at that time. If there's one thing in common between all the people in this God Among MGTOW series, it's that they're all known for actually getting off their asses and doing something. Even something as simple as posting a response to this video is considered doing something. I've spoken to other people that have written blogs online, or video blogs, and the same thing always comes up. It's usually 1% of their audience making 100% of the comments below their articles and videos. I'm sure that many of you out there have amazing ideas and insights. You might just need a slight push to take some of those ideas and vocalize them, and then share them with everyone here. In my own life experience, I haven't had the opportunity to see much of Leonardo da Vinci's work up close. I've never been to Florence, and the only work that I've seen from him up close and personal is in the Louvre in Paris. They keep the Mona Lisa there, and you have to wrestle against hundreds of tourists just to get a glimpse of that painting. I wonder what it must have been like to explore his workshop at the height of his creative genius. One day I'd love to head over to Italy and see the Last Supper painting that was damaged and almost destroyed by the Allies in the bombings during the Second World War. And his work continues to inspire and to be copied by others. Two such copies that come to mind are often the Battlestar Galactica as well as the Expendables 2 copy of the Last Supper. I know these two examples aren't the greatest work from popular culture, but it shows that Leonardo da Vinci's work remains iconic even after five centuries. Working for patrons is the ultimate way for a man to go his own way, and it's basically the ultimate way for sinking or swimming financially. Being a freelancer and being paid by patrons is the ultimate way to do your own thing, because you're free to choose the projects that you want to work on most of the time. If something doesn't challenge you enough or pay you enough, you're always free to find someone else to pay you. And it's the ultimate form of a free market. More often than not, the client choosing to pay you the most, or the one with the most interesting project, often becomes your patron. They are paying you for your talent and skill. And usually there is so much creative freedom when you do such projects, that people often hire you to do these one-of-a-kind jobs. And I've found that in my own creative life, whenever I do a new project, I like to at least learn one new skill or try one new piece of equipment or technique. And only a man going his own way has the time or the inclination to build his own skill set like this, layer upon layer, moment for moment. What you have to understand is that most married men can't develop their skills as well as their body of work, much like Leonardo da Vinci or Tesla or Newton or the Wright brothers did, or even John Galt. Yes, there was actually a real John Galt, and he lived in Canada, and he was involved in building up free enterprise all across Ontario. My favorite small city in Canada is now called Galt, named after John Galt. And Nathaniel Brandon, Ayn Rand's protege, is from a small town called Brampton, which is less than an hour away from Galt. Sometimes I wonder if the real John Galt had an influence on Ayn Rand. 
Once again, I'm getting off topic. Of all the great historical men going their own way, I respect Alexander the Great and Ibn al-Haytham the most. And the Golden Age of Islam, which is where Ibn al-Haytham is from, produced some of the greatest men going their own way in history. Too bad the Muslim religion decided to take Islam away from liberalism and move it towards a more strict religious code. Otherwise, it could have been a Muslim empire that went through the Renaissance, Enlightenment, and reached the Industrial Revolution first. Again, more stories for another day. Getting back to Leonardo, he also coined the term aerial perspective to describe using color to create the illusion of depth in his paintings. This is different than the linear perspective that creates depth using receding lines. Leonardo figured out primitive helicopter designs, built a glider design on the way that birds fly, as well as designed submarines and tanks. And I'm sure that other thinkers in his time thought about the same issues and the same types of machines. But how many of his peers worked without end to figure out the engineering behind such ideas, as well as figure out and develop working prototypes of these machines? There is no doubt that Leonardo's work in warfare technology, anatomy, and the arts in general influenced men in those fields for many centuries to come. And that, in my opinion, is the true test of a man's genius. If the things that he does in his past influence men for centuries to come. Centuries from now, men will still know about Isaac Newton whenever they look up at the stars and try to figure out the path of the planets and the stars, as well as gravity. Centuries from now, I'm sure there will still be hydroelectric stations still collecting the kinetic power of rivers and streams and converting it to useful energy for all of mankind, thanks to Nikola Tesla. Men will probably fly in the future using electric power for short durations, but the dynamics of flight will still be there, thanks to the Wright brothers. Those are all things that men going their own way have given the world. I used to think that it was selfish for men not to have a family. But now I see that it's more selfish for highly intelligent and motivated men to keep their knowledge to themselves and not pass it down to future generations. We are a generation of men that have decided to live freely. So why not learn as much as we can, build as much as we can, and pass down that knowledge to future generations of men to build upon? I can think of nothing more noble than to pass down the torch of innovation as well as imagination from one generation to the next. There are six billion people in this world. Yet it seems like the overall quality of people has fallen in recent centuries. Men once did heroic and unimaginable feats with nothing else but a few pieces of wire and their bare hands. Today we have so much knowledge and technology, yet people are coming out of universities that are barely able to string together two sentences. Can you imagine living in the days of Leonardo da Vinci? Many of the great thinkers from Islam were leaving North Africa at that time as their empire started to decline. And many of them went to Italy, Spain, France, and other places, and inspired men like da Vinci, Michelangelo, and many others. Each great intellectual revolution is built on the shoulders of the last generation of men. I don't know about you, but I don't see the same thing happening with women. I don't see one generation of women passing on skills to the next unless, of course, it's in the immediate family. The more I think about it, the more I realize that it seems to be mostly men that are able to see each other as equals, even when they know they are not. Men are able to see that other men can be equal to them in the future, and because of that, they respect each other, and because of that, older men respect younger men. On the other hand, older women don't respect younger women in the same way. I can't tell you how many times women in their 40s have told me, I wish I could be 25 years old again, at the height of my beauty, and they tend to look at younger women and envy them because of their beauty, while younger men look up to older men and envy them for their wisdom and experience. Anyways, that's about all I've got to say for today. 
Thanks again for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.